Welcome to the podcast, Sweatpants and Stilettos. We are moms talking about everything. We are here to share our everyday lives with you in a real, authentic, and fun way. Of course we're doing this in our sweatpants. The stilettos have been put on the shelf. Let's get real. Come join the conversation. Well, we are so excited today to have Dr. Erin Williams with us as a guest. She's a board-certified geriatric pharmacist, and she is passionate about reducing the use of potentially inappropriate or unnecessary medications where possible, while at the same time promoting the quality of life, which is one of the reasons why we love Erin and can't wait to have her on today. She currently serves as a long-term care consultant pharmacist um, in our local area, and outside of her work, she enjoys time with her husband and two boys. Um, when she does have free time, she loves helping friends and family reduce their exposures to potentially harmful chemicals in a real life way. So with that, Erin, welcome to the podcast, Sweatpants and Stilettos. Thanks for having me, man. That made me sound real nerdy. No, are you kidding? Smart and we want to know more. I know we have so <laughs> many questions for you today. So all right. While I gave everyone a little bit about, you know, your credentials and your background, um, just dive in a little bit more about who you are and more importantly, how did you become the crunchy pharmacist as you call yourself on Instagram? Yeah. So I did, you know, traditional pharmacy training. Um, and actually during my residency, not to like start this out with a downer, but I think probably many (laughs) listeners have the same thing in common. Um, I suffered several miscarriages. And so I was actually living in St. Louis at the time doing my pharmacy residency when I had the first two. And then I moved back and got my first job in Nebraska when I had the third one. And that really made me start looking at, you know, I think several of us in that position think, what did I do that caused this? And I don't want anyone Mm. to think that anything you've done has ever caused that. But it really did make me question, what could I be doing differently to like, you know, have the best chance of having a future successful pregnancy and that sort of thing. And so I really kind of started paying attention to what I was putting on my skin um, and what I was using to clean in my house and all those sorts of things. But it was really after I had my first healthy baby that I was Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, he's finally here. I'm going to protect him in every way that I can. And I really kind of became obsessive with like making sure that the things that I was using were safe. So anyway, all that to say, you know, I appreciate medicine and I think in a lot of cases, medicine is completely appropriate, but also I like to choose alternatives when it's not necessary or always using the lowest effective dose, that sort of thing. So I kind of consider myself when people ask me what I do, I say I'm a pharmacist, but like I'm a weird pharmacist. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a pill pusher, which I think is what a lot of people think we are. And I don't think that most pharmacists are pill pushers, but a lot of what I do is getting people off of meds that are causing problems or like maybe taking three medicines and saying, could we be doing, treating all of this with one medicine instead of three or treating this with something that wouldn't have side effects so that you don't get put on seven more medications to treat that and that sort of thing. So that's kind of why I guess I call myself the crunchy pharmacist, crunchy as in like granola and a little bit hippie, but then, you know, obviously still pharmacy is my specialty. Um, at what point did you know that you wanted to be a pharmacist? Ooh, good question. Um, I, so funny story, my grandma, actually, I was looking into like chiropractic and optometry and my paternal, paternal grandmother was like, have you ever considered pharmacy? Like, 
I think it's a good job for moms. Like they can make decent amount of money and <laughs> um, maybe <laughs> pick their own hours, which <laughs> clearly she uh, didn't know no. a lot about pharmacy. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's kind of when I like thought about it. And then I was like, well, I, best, I guess I better see if I even like that. And so as a student, I got a job in a pharmacy as a technician and just to see if I liked it. And I did. So I guess the rest is history. Oh my God, that's too funny. Um, <laughs> okay, so- you have talked about already just in your introduction, a little bit about, about your background. So you've been in pharmacy for several years. I think you 14. Is that correct? Like, Steph, you're making me old. Yep. Sorry. Yep. Sorry. It's okay. We're so old you wanted to go into it and you, obviously you're, you've been involved, but you're a mom of three uh-huh. boys and wait, three, <laughs> I have two, two. Two, two that sorry, I know of. Sorry, we're the three pack <laughs> yeah, over here. We're over here, like always talking in threes. <laughs> oh my gosh. And um, a husband. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, we'll count him. So see, so you do have three. Um, <laughs> what, what, how has being, how has being a pharmacist influenced the choices that you make as a mom? Hmm. And we can table that and come back to that if we want to. Um, but it was just something that like, as you were talking about just you know, earlier yeah. that it made me think about. Yeah, I think, um, you know, from a farm, and I think when we get into some of this other stuff, it will come out a little bit, but I do think that, okay. you know, I'm just comfortable with how the medical system works. And I think that that's tricky for a lot of people. And so I think being a pharmacist mom, I'm a little bit more trusting of like my gut instinct, which I think as moms, we do have a big gut instinct and we a lot of times know, you know, have a gut of, do we need to go into the doctor or is this something we can handle? Um, But I think like having had the pharmacist experience just helps me be a little bit more confident in that maybe, Mm. if that answers Mm -hmm. it. But I think we'll get into some more of that here shortly. Mm -hmm. So as you, as I had a dear friend that went through pharmacy school as well, and, you know, by training, you guys do know like the nuts and bolts of science and just the chemistry and, you know, all the things that goes into medicine, um, which is a lot of different components and slash chemicals. And so with that, you know, with your passion saying, wanting to reduce certain things and how, I mean, medicine were overwhelming and especially as a mom, how, mm-hmm. how do we navigate or how do you navigate? I mean, you have all the scientific knowledge, but how do you, you know, when you go to the pharmacy, it just feels overwhelming. So how does one navigate and especially with you, with your training, having that background, but also knowing, okay, this is, this is something that's good. This is something that, you know, what medicine's composed of, whether there's fillers or ingredients Mm -hmm. or things that Mm -hmm. we kind of need to like look for. Yeah. Um, so I will say number one, back to like trusting your mama instinct, I would say, that is really important. And I think sometimes when our kids get sick, like I think you've mentioned before, like we Google, that's what we do when yeah. our kids get sick. Yeah. Um, and Google isn't you. Google can't see your child. Google doesn't know how your normal child's behavior is, their demeanor is. And so really do trust yourself. You know, if you think this seems like an emergency or this seems like something I really don't want to just like try medicating myself, trust that and call your doctor. Um, if it's something where you think they're fine, Yes, they're sick. They can't go to school. But I think that water, you know, Gatorade, whatever, you're going to let them drink to hydrate and rest is adequate. You know, we don't always need to treat something. Um, and I'm, I'm not one of those people that's like never treat a fever or anything like that. But I just think a lot of times we want to do something because we feel so helpless and really like 
so many childhood viruses and such mm-hmm. hydration rest you know we just chicken soup or whatever sounds good is is adequate blowing your nose you know maybe using a nose frita on a little kid um those types of things so definitely don't always feel like you have to treat something um do you feel like I, I sorry uh, i like totally okay. hijacked you but do you nope. feel like um to that point you were saying like you don't don't always feel like you have to treat things do you think that the progression to do that has changed over your career because of that instant like gratification right i just feel like society mm-hmm. and the way that we go about things is so different like i we feel like an instant we fix. want an instant fix all the time so do you think that that's what sometimes yeah. in your opinion drives to maybe medication you know maybe maybe a little and i th- i think more than anything what's gotten overwhelming is like the options for treating you know it used to be like you would go to the pharmacy and it was either like you know something for pain something for constipation whatever whatever now it's like you can get your traditional you can get your um you know somebody's telling you fix it with essential oils somebody's telling you oh you Mm -hmm. need to go see this kind of a doctor um somebody says try these homeopathic things that target has now you know and so it's like overwhelm you I think we think to treat things that we never would have thought to treat because we know, oh, you know, there's an oil that does this, or there's a, <laughs> some herbal that does this. We just think we have so many options. And so I think that's part of it too. But yeah, definitely we're more of an instant gratification thing. But um, in some aspects with internet access and things, we feel more empowered, I think, to do things. And so mm, we do them. Yeah. Versus like just looking at our kid and going, what does my kid need right now? Because probably what my kid needs right now isn't for me to like, leave and go to Target because we know how that's going to end. It's not going to be a five-minute deal where I'm <laughs> back home and with my child taking care of them. Um, oh God, no. You're going to be like in the shoe aisle pretty soon. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> so, but I- so say my kid is sick. So this is, mm-hmm. And this is one of the reasons why we are so excited to talk to you uh-huh. is we say our kids are sick, your kid is sick, whatever, and we go to that aisle. And you had already mm-hmm. spoke to the feeling of being overwhelmed. I will stand yeah. in that aisle now to that point and be overwhelmed. I'm like, well, why can't I give them this brand versus this brand? Mm-hmm. Or should I give it to them? So first off, I guess this is a series of questions and you can break this down mm-hmm. how you want. How do I decide? Yeah. How do I decide as a parent, a grandma, an aunt, an uncle, whatever, how do I decide this formula is good? And then how do I decide, do I give it in pill form? Do I give it in liquid form? Do I dissolve uh-huh. it? I don't uh-huh. know. And yeah. why? Right. Um, And I'm going to be completely honest here and say it is overwhelming to me too. When people met, and I'll tell you a trick here in a minute that I use, but when people message me and are like, well, I use such and such cough, cough, cold and flu with congestion and whatever, or I used DayQuil XYZ, like there's a million of them. If you came to me and said that, I would say, I don't know what's in it. Can you send me a picture of the drug facts on the back? That's what I would say. Because there's so many different ones that you can't just assume that DayQuil contains this drug. You know, the branding on these things is insane. And so most parents are going to look at the front of the container and they're going to be like, well, does this treat seven things? Oh, that must be better than the one that treats five things. You know, this one says it does all of these things. And this one doesn't say that. And I will say the biggest trick in what I do, and this might seem counterintuitive, but it is rare that I, that the way my child is presenting requires like something for cough and for congestion and for pain and for sleep, like all in one pill. Yeah. I turn mm-hmm. the boxes around. I look at the active ingredient 
And I try to find products that only have one active ingredient. And if oh. it's if it is for cough and that's what I need, then that's what I'm getting. But if my child doesn't have a cough and all I need is something for a headache or a fever, you know, pain or fever, then I turn it around and I'm looking for something with acetaminophen in it, which is Tylenol, right? As the only active ingredient. Now, oh. this could mean I'm going to give more than one medication, right? Right. Um, but it can be so easy. Like, kids get so many unnecessary medicines when mom goes and finds a box and is like, well, this treats, you know, my child doesn't yeah. have that. But, like, this brand looks good and it's pretty colors on the box. And so, like, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like, I just think we try so many times parents try to get one that treats everything. And I would rather have, you know, three meds, one that's for cough, one that's for pain, and one that's for, oh, what else do we treat at the same time? Like maybe they're having a rash at the same time. I would rather have them all separately than together so that I can treat only what my child has at that time. Because tomorrow, maybe the cough's gone and they just have a headache and I need something for pain. It would be unnecessary to give them something that also is for cough. Uh, Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So you would rather give them, you know, three separate medications than give them the combo of all the things because it's probably going to have more in it than they need. And when I say that, I actually, it's very rare that I would give them three, um, but I would maybe buy three and have them all. And usually I'm only giving them one or two at a time when they're ill based on their symptoms at that time. Um, yeah, Maybe it's a little harder to keep track of because you don't have one thing that says give every so many hours, but it's just, it truly is so rare that, you know, first of all, a kid under four isn't going to use a cough suppressant. If you have a kid over four, you know, there's like one active ingredient that I like for cough. It's dextromethorphan, and that's what's in most cough medicines. So I'll get something oh. that just has dextromethorphan in it, and we'll use that only when there's cough. And then I'll get something that just has acetaminophen in it. To be honest, those are the two main things we use in our house <laughs> when somebody's sick is something for, you know, cough if they have cough pain if they have pain um and then we also have like a a, i'll tell you about one of my favorite brands but we have basically their benadryl and so if a kid had like a allergic reaction we would use that um it's just very rare that yeah so i know that people are going to be like okay get and i do this too like and i don't know if it's because i'm a type a but i'm like Mm -hmm. everything you're saying i'm like i need the brand i need to know exactly what it is so we're gonna have to like get all that from you so that we can post it and share it because i know that people are gonna want to know that they're gonna be like send me the picture or what brand do you recommend it's just Mm -hmm. like when i listen to other stuff i'm like but what brand do you get i want that brand it's also in the mom pack too though right like in carpool lane you're like well, no, I gave her this and you have to go to this aisle <laughs> with this box and get this one because I've tried the others and it doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. Um, right. Um, I will say I'm comfortable sharing one brand and I promise I'm not like paid by them or anything. I am on their provider network because I feel so passionately about what they're doing. And the brand okay. is Genexa, G-E-N-E-X-A. And okay. they now are available at Target. Um, you can get them online get them on Amazon. I think even Whole Foods either has them or is getting them soon, but I like their, um, so we talked about active ingredients. I look for things that have one active ingredient where the, like, you know, I said, I'm into clean and not using unnecessary ingredients when not necessary. What I like about Genexa is they don't use a bunch of those, like you mentioned fillers, um, Stephanie, or artificial colors or artificial flavors or artificial, you know, other dyes and preservatives that you don't need. Um, which is kind of the last thing you need when you're sick, right? So I love that they have clean, inactive ingredients in them across the board, Genexa does. 
And they're different from, you know, a lot of those like cleaner brands, and I don't want to call them out because I don't like to talk disparagingly about other brands, but a lot of times it's not like medicines that I'm familiar with and that I know what dose works. You know, if it's homeopathic or something, I don't have any research for myself that makes me comfortable dosing that. But Mm -hmm. Genexa, you know, they have like an acetaminophen, which is the same as Tylenol. They have a diphenhydramine, which is the same as Benadryl. They have a... um like a Tums that's called heartburn oh. fix. It's the same as oh. Tums um, and it doesn't cool. have talc and dyes in it. Yeah. So I'm comfortable with, with that brand, but here's the other thing I would say, I know it's easy to get mom guilt. If this isn't something that you're giving your child every day, you know, obviously their headache right now is more urgent than whether they're having artificial colors. Good you know, point. you're not mm-hmm. giving it to them every single day, a dose of Tylenol or whatever. So don't be too concerned about that you know, if it's a sick kid and what inactive ingredients you're giving them. But if it's something, you know, maybe you have a kid that does have to take Tylenol long-term or a cough suppressant long-term or an allergy medicine long-term, that's when I really say, well, try to clean up the ingredients, you know, or have some of these Genexa products already in your house so that when you do need something for pain, you've got something to go to. Um, You you mentioned something really quick and I don't know uh if it just kind of sparked something in my brain. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. I had kids when you were saying like artificial flavors or, you know, different things in the medicine. I had girls that were high anxiety on medicine when they were little, especially Mm -hmm. when you're talking about those little ones that have to get through those syringes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I had a child. We fought tooth and nail. I mean, I just, I could barely get anything in her. Do you have any tips or tricks or ways that when you get medicine, like things to look for or account for when you have kind of a high anxiety medicine taking so child. When you say high, so initially I thought you were saying that like after she took medicine, she got anxious. What you're saying oh, is- Oh, no, no. This is just even getting it like getting medicine in the in mouth. That's common. Yeah. <laughs> and I hear moms ask that a lot. And the answer that I hear meaning well moms give is ask the pharmacist to flavor it. Ask the pharmacist yes. to flavor it. And I'm here to say that There are some meds that are just nasty and no amount of flavor is going to make it better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But one trick that, that does help a lot of times that I would say is like the one I've seen the most success with is mixing it with chocolate pudding. Now it's not always going to work, um, but chocolate pudding can really cover it up. And because of the color, like you could mix, you know, pink amoxicillin in there and they're, they're probably not gonna be able to see it. You don't want to like have them watch you putting it in there. <laughs> but I think that's one thing is moms like try so many times that then their kids are like on to them and they know, oh, she's trying mm-hmm. to put it in the pudding now or whatever. So you kind of have to get creative, but right. Um, you know, and in some cases, depending on if it was something over the counter or if it was a prescription, you know, prescriptions are harder because you can't just like go get more if you mess it up. Right. right. Um, but if it's something over the counter, you can of course try a different brand or a different flavor. And that's why I think you don't want to get too hung up on the ingredients thing if it's just like a short-term deal um because kids are picky <laughs> oh but, my gosh yeah we you know. felt, we fought tooth and nail with one of our girls and man it was it oh, was a doozy <laughs> i'm not above bribing either when it comes to those sort of things i know i know and this is another totally kind of random question but still kind of on the um smaller kid front but um, in regards to then graduating as far as um, taking pill form, I mean, is that just kind of a natural evolution? I mean, we kind of, we practiced with our kids swallowing mini M&Ms. 
Did you really? I love it. Oh, that's a good idea. I you actually did, never thought of that. I was so, I, it was literally such a battle with these liquid syringes medications yeah. that I was like, hmm, how can, how in the world can we, yeah, <laughs> can we get this to a pill form? And did it work? It did. I mean, slowly. Yeah. yeah they're there. They're there. Good. But good. I didn't know if there was like anything, like any tricks of the trade because, or, or I guess what the natural evolution. like. Yeah. Is. You know, and much like everything else that a pediatrician will talk about, like there, I don't think there's really a normal age. I have yeah. an 11 year old who won't swallow pills yet. And I have a nine year old that's been swallowing pills for three years. Um, oh, wow. That's yeah. It's just, it's, it's kind of bizarre. And so I don't think there's a natural, like, honestly, both like I have an 11 year old and a nine year old. I still choose to give them the Genexa kids pain and fever reliever when they have a headache or when they, you know, if, if we have a fever that we need to treat, I still use their brand of acetaminophen or Tylenol, um, in liquid form, just because I like the ingredients in it. And it's what I have in my house. Um, is there any, Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, is there ahead. any myth to liquid versus pill as far as effectiveness? say no uh when you get into some of the vitamins um that's where i've seen like a lot of marketing around using liquids recently and maybe in some cases i think that all depends and that's probably a monster i don't want to touch right now um <laughs> yeah but in terms of you know in some cases maybe a liquid would work a little bit quicker just because it doesn't have to like dissolve in your stomach mm -hmm. but in general no i wouldn't say one's more effective it, with traditional like over-the-counter medications that aren't trying to use safe inactive ingredients, I would say sometimes a solid oral tablet or something that you can swallow has less junk in it because they don't have to put preservatives in it like they do liquids. Um, and so like, for instance, my one son needs to take like a Claritin or some kind of allergy pill every single day, several months of the year. Um, for him, I didn't want to keep him on liquid when he could swallow pills because number one, the pills were way cheaper. Number two, the <laughs> <Yeah>. pills <laughs> didn't have any preservatives in them. Um, they do, believe it or not, white pills have artificial color. So dumb. Um, what? Who knew? Yes. Yes. Cause you got to make them pretty white. They can't be like cream white. Oh, yeah. Oh. Just like marshmallows. I know. Crazy. Right. Oh my God. I never um, knew that. <laughs> yeah. And so for him, before he could swallow, we actually switched him to like the Claritin rapid dissolve tablets mm -hmm. because they didn't have as many of those junk inactive ingredients before he could swallow a pill. And then now he swallows a pill. But um, that's kind of a tangent. Back to your question. No, I don't think there's a natural evolution. And I don't think we should force our kid. I mean, <laughs> there's been times that, you know, we were somewhere and my oldest son had a headache. And like my mother-in-law would try to get him to take ibuprofen or something. And we didn't have a kid's one with us. And it was like, traumatizing to him trying to get him to swallow something and so I think mm -hmm. just don't push it you know whenever they're right. comfortable they're comfortable it's like potty training yeah <laughs> just, just go, with, go with it go with the flow right. so I have one other question in regards to just small kids um mm -hmm. okay there's always the fear I think this happened to me several times especially with those little ones you get the prescription where it's refrigerated only <laughs> Oh God. Mm -hmm. And then you mm -hmm. accidentally leave it over the counter overnight and you're like, <laughs> oh my God, I can't go back and get another one. What are we going to do? Like, is this right. Right. Um, okay. I would say it's not the same for every drug. So I don't want to like give just a yeah. blanket answer, Fair. but the most common one is like somebody had an amoxicillin or an augmented, yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> stuff got left out over the counter. <laughs> and I'm going to be fully transparent and say that I'm the mom in the pediatrician's office that like 
if you could give us something once a day that doesn't have to be refrigerated, that would be great. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm a pharmacist and all, but I'm not very adherent. So um, I'm always like, yeah, on this stuff worked really well for us. <laughs> um, Way to advocate for your own, your own sanity. Right, right. But no, I mean, I would say in general, when you do that, you should call the pharmacy and say, this is what I got. Can we use it? And they'll give you an answer specific to that drug. But in most cases, most of those scenarios where a friend has asked me and I've looked it up, they've been fine to go ahead and continue using it. So. Okay. Good to know. That is that is a good question. I've had some panics. And we have a lot of listeners who have babies and toddlers who are probably living that life right now with the mm-hmm, probably 24 seven. And depending I know. on the prescription, some of it's expensive and you're like, right. Oh my gosh, what did I just do? Okay. Right. So yeah. to dovetail a little bit, I think one of the topics and kind of hot things right now is, you know, in light of our, our current culture is, is vitamins. And we've talked about it with kids medicines, but is there really a need from your perspective and from a pharmacist perspective and tell me for comfortable answering this um, to take vitamins, right? Do I, as a woman need to be taking certain vitamins? Does my kid need to be taking certain vitamins? And if so, do the same rules apply? Am I looking for what kind of vitamins that don't have fillers? Do vitamins have fillers? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that this is, it is a very individual question I think that in general, there are a few things that I'm comfortable with without knowing your whole medical history and all your medication lists and everything. There's very few vitamins that I'm safe being like, yeah, you're probably fine like that. Um, Using that, that sort of thing. Like I... A lot Do of I really need them? I'm asking because I'm not coherent at taking them. I, I will line them up, but then I won't take them. No, Do I really need no, them? That's I, me too. I, I, I raise my hand you. where it says, "Do you take a daily vitamin?" I'm like, "No, no. I've never taken a daily vitamin." Now, so every six I days. Good about it is when I was pregnant. So right. that's you know, and call yeah. me. Here's busy, my take. Whatever. Yeah. No, I don't think everybody needs a vitamin. I think that if you, I would much prefer to get your variation in all your nutrients from diet if you can. So, you know, if you can work in fruits and veggies here and there, and this doesn't mean like, I think we turn into perfectionists and we're like, well, maybe I'm not eating enough of, you know, some chromium or something, you know, like we just pick something and we're like, well, what if I need that? And I'm not taking it. Well, first of all, your body would tell you like if something was way off and you are a mom, so you are always going to be tired. Um, <laughs> tell that like, to my husband yeah a vitamin's not gonna fix that but there are two deficiencies right like you know maybe if you're somebody who is completely vegan you may need a b vitamin a b complex or some sort of thing but no i would not say in general that we all need to be taking vitamins now in some cases though if you're di- if your pediatrician knows that your child's not taking in enough iron or calcium, you know, trust them. I'm not saying that they're wrong, but I think in general, all of us just going, oh, I need to take all these vitamins because it might do something for us. We're like basically just helping that industry make a bunch of money and they do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're a very lucrative um, business. Um, In in general, I think it's mainly harmless for most people to take a multivitamin. Um, Where we live, vitamin D deficiency is very common. I think in general, reasonable doses of vitamin D are safe to take. I think in general, reasonable doses of vitamin C are safe to take. Those, you know, those kind of the top ones that I'm comfortable saying, yeah, that'd be fine to take. Now, if your doctor says, I really need you to start taking iron, and then you're like, okay, well, now I want to find the cleanest one that I can. You know, then I'm looking for, you know, does it have artificial colors? Does it have 
artificial flavors if it's a liquid, those kinds of things. Um, especially if you're taking it every single day, then I think it's a little bit more important to look for clean ingredients. Um, and obviously I can't like give, there's not a single brand that I recommend yes. for all of those things. So that can right. get really hard and they're not really regulated, but I will say the oh, most common thing. Yeah. So here's my, I gave you one trick for over the counter stuff. I'll give you one trick for <laughs> vitamins. If you're getting something that's like a multivitamin or it has, you know, maybe a, a B complex, two of the things that I'm always looking for, I don't like to use anything that has folic acid in it. And that's oh, the thing that we oh. talk about in pregnancy, like in, yeah. the, you know, and, and I, the caveat is, yes, you do need extra folate while you're pregnant. And that's very important. That's like what helps close your brain and your spinal cord and everything, your new neural tube in the, um, in your embryo. But I don't like folic acid as the form. I prefer something like methylfolate. And the reason is about half of us have mutations in our genetics or a variation that makes us not able to use folic acid well. And in fact, it can kind of clog up that folate pathway so that we can't use usable forms of folate. So I think this is something that's becoming much more common. People are aware of it. And so I see options now, you know, like the Smarty Pants vitamins for kids, those gummies, they use methylfolate instead of folic acid. Um, oh. I use Ritual's brand of multivitamin that you order online. It has methylfolate instead of folic acid. So I'm not going to sit here and say never use folic acid. Folic acid is the devil. But to me, if I can use an alternative, I will. Because I know that I have that genetic thing and about half the people do. So, And it's harmless even if you don't to use methylfolate instead of folic acid. Um, and then the other one is B12. So B12 is great. Uh, but the most, like the cheapest form is called cyanocobalamin. And so that's what's most like cheap vitamins. Even some very expensive vitamins, that's the B12 they look they use. So I look for something that has... B12, but uses something like methylcobalamin instead of cyanocobalamin, which basically is metabolized to cyanide in your body. Um, so basically, again. we're going to need like the Cliff's notes on, on <laughs> right. that, that particular one. So like one. I just in chemistry 101. Yeah, I was tracking with, with, with smarty pants over here, but then you got, into, you got into your smart talk. Um, so Full we're going to need some cyanocobalamin. Those are the ones I avoid. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I'm so funny um see but this is I'm telling you I know you're like I can't believe this you know I'm over here you guys really want me to come on and talk about vitamins and I'm like oh my gosh this is so fascinating no and I passed I, by the aisle because I just can't do it it's too overwhelming it, it, and it really point, is and some it of really it's marketing is. some of it's marketing yeah. it's mm -hmm. it's the the culture that we've bought into and to your point it's like you know, I, um, I, I do think vitamin D has helped me a little bit in the winter. And mm -hmm. that's one of the things that I remember contacting you about was like, okay, so I think vitamin D would be good. I'm inside mm -hmm. a lot, yada, mm -hmm. yada, yada, but what am I looking for? You know? And then you were able to kind of right. recommend one. Um, but yeah, you go down that aisle and it is, it I mean, really is overwhelming. I, I can't believe it. And I think it becomes, and, and I know, um, it kind of goes back to the, the medicine talk, but it also becomes in your circle, especially as we age. And as we get older, it becomes a, well, I'm taking this and it's mm -hmm. helped me with this. And then it's like, well, you should try. It. And then you're like, well, do I need to, I don't know. Maybe I should go get yeah. some too. It really is. You know what? I think we all fall into that trap and it's like, we just feel like we have these magical powers. Like I think sometimes mm -hmm. we give vitamins and supplements and medicine 
more power than it really has you know like mm-hmm. really yeah really, if we're anxious we should be like you know doing some meditation and drinking more water and those kinds of things but we want a quick fix and and i'm guilty of it too um one thing i do want to point yeah. out because i think you both asked is there something different between adults and kids that we should be looking for yeah uh, and i wouldn't say necessarily like in terms of i mean obviously you want the right dose for the age that you're treating and and that kind of thing. But I will say that for adults specifically, like we tend to think that things that are natural, you know, whether that's an essential oil or a vitamin or an herbal or whatever, we think of them as safe because they're natural. And I'll remind you that not everything natural is safe, you know, arsenic, lead, for example. Um, (laughs) But with adults specifically, a lot of adults are on prescription medicines or over-the-counter medications. And there are a lot of drug interactions with over-the-counter you know, supplements and vitamins, not any of the ones that I mentioned really. Um, but even things like fish oil can thin your blood a little bit. So if you have somebody that's on a blood thinner, you wouldn't want to just start that without communicating with your doctor or, you know, for me, I'd want to see some labs, that sort of thing. And so I do think we need to be cautious, especially with adults. If we're on, um, for prescription meds or over the counter medicines, letting our doctors know any of those herbals or supplements that we want to take or a pharmacist. And okay, so another question that we have is, or at least I face this quite a bit in my household, is I just ha- I actually just ran- happened to have this happen because my daughter had elbow surgery and got prescribed um, a liquid form of of painkiller. What do you do if we go to our medicine cabinet and take all the advice and kind of look through our ingredients, or we have leftover medication or old medication? How in the world do we actually or should dispose of it? <laughs> Yeah. So every state is going to be a little bit different. So it's hard to say for all of your listeners, but here where we are, um, last couple of years, there's actually like a coalition, like here it's called Nebraska Meds Coalition. And so you can go to nebraskameds.org and it actually lists like all the pharmacies that will take back your medicine all the time. So you don't have to, you know, I would look for the local grocery store's pharmacy to have like a take back day. And if you miss take back day, you're just screwed. And I'd have friends the rest of the year being like, what do I do with these meds? And I'm like, I guess save them another eight months, you know, which is not a great answer because right. that's for diversion or teenagers getting in your medicine cabinet or you accidentally taking something or, you know, um, but that would be, you know, if you specifically if you have prescription medicines and especially if they're controlled substances that potentially could be diverted. You don't just want those hanging around once they're expired or once you no longer need them. Um, so I mm-hmm. would check with your pharmacy. If you're in another state, say, you know, where can I, where do you do drug take backs? And then they can safely dispose of them. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't know if this is the right answer, but if I have like a vitamin C that expires, I throw it in the trash. I'm not concerned that somebody's going to dig vitamin C out of my trash and snort it, um, <laughs> right. or, or swallow it or whatever. <laughs> um, I dump it out and then I put the bottle in the recycling. Um, but if you do need, say you, say you do have a kid at home that you're afraid could take some of your medicine or something before you have a chance to get it to a pharmacy, I would say you want to mix it with an undesirable substance before you throw it in the trash. So that could be like wet coffee grounds. It could be kitty litter, um, just something that would make it hard to like pick out and swallow or whatever (laughs) once it's in the trash. Yeah. Um, I've heard coffee grounds. I've always wondered if that was, if that was legit. I feel like medicine is like trying to get rid of your electronics. Yeah. (laughs) What do you do with this crap? Right. That is true. 
Yeah, um, but if you can return it to a to a pharmacy that does a take back, that's really the best way because they can um, like incinerate them or recycle them or in some places like one of the states we work with, they even have a repository where they send them like to third world countries if they're still good. Oh. They make sure they know what they are first and everything. But um, hmm. okay, so you best. said you said something that made me think of a question. You had said expired mm -hmm. meds. Mm -hmm. That's another. That's another another thing. So I even just did this the other day when I was cleaning my girls' bathroom, I had a bunch of stuff underneath of there. And I'm like, is this really expired? Or how long past the date can it stay there? Or like, you like know, best used by. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, <laughs> the is there like a good rule of thumb with like, if it has an expiration date and it's a medicine, throw it away. <laughs> Okay. Even topical creams. Oh yeah, good especially those because those can like oh. grow stuff, you know. Oh. Um, yeah, I would. I would. You know, if it was me and it was like Lucky Charms, I would eat them. But if it's, <laughs> <laughs> if it's medicine, like, and I, I kid you not, like when my grandma passed away, um, my mom gave me all of her prescription medicines to like get rid of, and she had some of a specific capsule that she got prescription that she used, and it was like growing crystals in the container. Like I'd never seen anything like it before, and it wasn't that far <laughs> expired. But when, okay. so like say a tablet or a capsule, the way they calculate the expiration, it it usually is like at this point x percent of the active ingredient is left so it's not really saying like it's going to grow mold on this date it's saying this is the date at which we know i don't know if it's 85 percent or something like that of the active ingredient is still working gotcha. um, mm -hmm. but here's the thing like most of us don't have medicines that are so expensive and so hard to replace that we would have them laying around long enough to be expired i, yeah. I mean i think in most cases throw it away and replace it Go get okay. some Janessa the next time, if that's an option or whatever. Um, yeah, throw it away. Okay. My last question is generic versus brand. Like, yes. like name Again, brand. If this is food, and I think we kind of get, you know, there are some off brands of food that I think give generic drugs a bad rap because they suck. <laughs> and so we think that like a generic is not as good as the brand name. But when it comes to drugs... I am all about if there's a generic, use the generic. It's going to be the most cost effective. And we do actually have an approval process, you know, to make sure that it does have what it says it contains. It is much more regulated, in my opinion, than what food is or personal care products and that sort of thing. I would always get the generic when there is a generic. I had to take an injection the whole time I was pregnant. And it actually came out generic while I was pregnant. And I was like, so excited. because <laughs> It was not cheap um yeah, so yeah. now does that go for over-the-counter meds as well yep yeah okay. oh well with the exception you know here i am saying genexa 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 i don't know of any generic brand of over-the-counters making kids meds that doesn't have junk inactive ingredients i mean there's a there's a few um but i would say in those cases like if i'm looking at the in at the looking to get something really clean because it's like a kid's liquid or something, then there may not be a generic option that's safe. Um, I, but like Claritin, if I'm going to get pill swallowable pills and that's all I need, yeah, I'm going to get a generic or if there is one. We have generic ibuprofen in our house. We have generic Tylenol in our house or, you know, acetaminophen. I do not buy name brand Aleve or name brand I, uh, Motrin. I always get generic. Okay, good to know. So 
Oh my gosh, we've learned so much already. I'm so excited. So go ahead. I know. I'm so excited. (laughs) So one of the things that I love about your account, Crunchy Pharmacist on Instagram, and that I've gravitated gravitated to is that you are just always constantly kind of teaching, um, teaching your audience, your listeners, you know, people you know about alternatives to Mm -hmm. safer, cleaner, better, less ingredients other than vitamins. But you do it in this way that's like. You know, a lot of women, I'm, I'm just going to say a lot of women, it's, it's kind of like shame on you for doing that. And mm-hmm. one of the things that's beautiful about your account is it's, you're just not like that. You're like, Hey, I've been trying this and it works great. And I have found that I've had the same results, but it has, you know, far fewer ingredients. Like here's the information. If you want to do it, like you make it very yeah. just like easy to want to try. And I really appreciate that without Aww. making you feel guilty. You know, yeah. it's like, Oh, here, you could go try this lipstick. If you like it, great. If not, stick with what you have. Fine. You know, and then, you know, you, you, you're a mom, you're a realist, you give your kids the best you can, but if they want to eat a brownie, they get to have a brownie, you know? Right. Um, right. So aside from medicine, how else have you kind of made some choices and transitions in your, in your household? Um, yeah. For... Well- Sorry. First of all, I appreciate that because that's (laughs) like my, my whole point is to help make it easy for moms, you know, and you're right. Like life-changing in our household has been the grilled cheese from Costco that you can put in the toaster. (laughs) I have seen that on threads. Like no, No, you didn't Erin. I am shocked. You are the last person that I thought would buy that. I know it's not organic. It is not sprouted (laughs) grain. It is not any of those things, but you know what it is? It's ready in a minute. And my kid will eat it every time. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that so much. (laughs) So yes, it's awesome. I'm, I'm all about progress over perfection. Um, and I think that's important. And I, I don't think we can like just go dump anything that has any potentially harmful ingredient all at once and, you know, start over. And that's wasteful, too. But I think where it's practical, you know, like there's a lot of things, you know, for instance, laundry detergent. That's one of the things that's like kind of important, right? You you touch your clothes all day. Then you get in the shower, dry off with the towel that was in your laundry detergent. Then you sleep in your sheets that were in the laundry detergent. Then you put, you know, clean clothes on that were laundry detergent. Your pajamas were in laundry detergent. So, like, that's one thing that I think is important. And so, if there's something that I'm not going to have to sacrifice the quality to switch to safe, you know, cleaner ingredients, and if it's not a lot more expensive, then why not, right? Like, I think it's yeah. just, it's completely reasonable to do that. Um, yeah. And you got so me all clean- blushing over your comments. Now I don't remember your exact question. No, no, it's just, it, yeah. I mean, I think, I think the goal and the mission of what you're trying to do is really coming across for someone like me who just really needs to be educated and I'm willing to take baby steps, but I'm not the mm-hmm. kind of person that's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start all over and throw all these products out and to your point, be wasteful. I just, you know, I take a little bit more of like a, I'm going to kind of wait and see approach or I'll dab my toe in this and see how it works. Um, yeah. So you've done that with cleaning, cleaning products, uh-huh. it sounds like. Yeah. In household. Yeah. And okay. I think too, yeah, like look at things that you're using every day. Um, and I know where you, where you were about to ask me, like, what else? <laughs> I have, well, I have one little category. I know sure. your household might not be hitting about it, but um, uh-huh. we each have three daughters. I'm in the absolute throngs of it, um, mm-hmm. of all, and, and I grew up in it. My dad always said, I wish I, we would have owned a cotton factory because, <laughs> but all the products I think that young girls slash women either put mm-hmm. on their bodies or endure with their bodies, 
Is there anything that you have kind of seen on the landscape that should be like avoided? I think I, I saw in your feed once of, you know, obviously that huge hot topic is deodorant. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, there's different feminine products and there's lots of debates over all that kind of stuff. But I didn't know if there was like one particular ingredient or something that's like, you know, I'd kind of stay clear of that. Yes, there is. And, and I might be a bad guy for saying this, but it's fragrance and it's Ooh. everywhere. Yes. It's literally everywhere. And, and why I say that is it sounds like one ingredient, fragrance, and that's mm -hmm. all they have to put on the label is fragrance, or there's even a few other words that they can use. They can even say sounds natural pretty. fragrance. What's that? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I said, no, it smells pretty. Right, right, exactly. Um, but in, in reality, fragrance is a, is a huge loophole in like our law. So fragrance can be up to thousands of ingredients, thousands. And all they have to label it is fragrance. So you oh, might have ooh. you might have a product and it looks looks clean. You look at the ingredients and it's like coconut oil, shea butter, and fragrance. I would put that back. I would not touch that. And so that, you know, fragrance is everywhere. It is deodorant, it's lotions, it's air fresheners, it's your glade plugins, it's candles, it's we do we try very, very hard not to have any fragrance in our house. And I know that is... sounds unbelievable if you're not there yet, um, but it can alter, especially like with girls, fragrances a lot of times contain ingredients with phthalates, which can alter hormones. And so we talk mm -hmm. about like, you know, early puberty. Yeah. Um, even and even besides like female hormones, it's thyroid. It's, you know, hormones are chemical messengers in our body for all sorts of things. And, and phthalates can really interfere with that and... So fragrance is, it's a no in our house. And I know that like turns a lot of people off, but like for us, you know, I use an all, I have a perfume that I like that doesn't have fragrance ingredients that are undisclosed. Um, they don't have to disclose those. And so, yeah, I have safe candles that I use. I have, you know, I've kind of tried to find alternatives for everything, but especially like you said, with girls, like mm -hmm. you can stick a tampon full of fragrance. Like I used fragrance tampons when I was young. Like that's what well, I started. That's what I was going to say. Like I mean, I've seen this push of like, yeah. You know, I mean, and, and again, I don't want to go down the, the whole organic versus non-organic road or because mm -hmm. also too, something can be labeled, but not really mean that to your point, but I've seen kind of this movement this yeah. in feminine products for yes. a more natural yeah. approach, but and I don't I'm, even know if I want to use that with word. I'm there the girls and you I'm know? like, oh, yeah. yes. So I think there is, um, you know, organic versus non-organic. There are times that you want organic and there's times that you don't. And there's you know, it's, it's food, it's products, it's tampons, it's so many different things. I would say, because we we're hinting a little bit at like feminine products here, yeah. I would say mm -hmm. it is important when you're talking about cotton that you're putting in that delicate area. If mm. you can get something that's not going to have pesticides sprayed on it, you know, cotton is kind of known for being a contaminated crop. Um, and because it's going in such a delicate area in such young girls, and it's yeah. going to be for decades, I think it is something that's worth cleaning up. Now, mm -hmm. do I think that your potato chips need to be organic? Well, potatoes do undergo. <laughs> that's a bad example. Potatoes do <laughs> go in the dirt, so it's not a bad idea to have it be organic. Um, but let, let's say a banana. A banana with a, a thick peel. You're peeling it off before you eat it. You're not eating the peel. I don't buy organic bananas unless I'm forced to because it would be like it's not really that important of a thing to choose organic on. But now say um, some kind of chip, not a potato chip, but some kind of chip 
do I necessarily care that it's organic? No. But a lot of times what you find is if you look at the ingredients in those products, they know that the organic people care what the other product, other ingredients are too. So a lot of times they're also like much cleaner ingredients. And so I'll choose organic, even though, you know, my dad used to make fun of me, like, why are you eating organic chips or why are you eating organic bread? And it's like, not because I think I need organic grain in my bread, but because they don't put folic acid in this bread or they don't put all these other things, you know, high fructose corn syrup and that sort of thing. So, sorry, that was a big <laughs> tangent, but um, I think using no, the word so organic. Insightful. Yeah. <laughs> but fragrance, get rid of fragrance. Mm -hmm. If you can, if you absolutely can't break up with your perfume, spray it, spray it on your clothes, not on your skin, because those phthalates, like I was talking about that are in fragrance, not only can they alter your hormones, but phthalates, like, like they, the products that they're in, it enhances their absorption into your skin. Mm. So I'm like going through my, all I know. of my, me too. I'm like doing, I'm like, don't <laughs> come to my house. I'm like, oh, I need to, yeah. who do I, I oh, okay. So here's my question. Would you, or like on your account or on your page, do you have sort of like, like if I came to you and said, I'm looking to swap this out. Would you give me a suggestion? Yes. You okay. might have to do it. I, I really need to update my highlights. Um, if well, anyone's listening I was thinking... is good at hiring, <laughs> like, if I hire you to do that, please do that. <laughs> but yes, I have pretty much swapped everything. Hair care is a little hard. I'm working on it there, but everything else we've like pretty much switched out. And you can message me or I do have some highlights that are you know, people tell me all the time that they help, but yeah, feel free to message me if you're like, oh, I'm replacing my dishwasher detergent this week. What do you use? Okay, I get those so kind of questions all the time. And you really feel like you have found things that work just as well. And the other question, because this mm -hmm. is where I get like, you know, I get a little like, really, is it, is it really going to work that well? Mm -hmm. And, <laughs> and I also, my, my little red flags go up with like cost. Yeah. Sometimes it is more expensive and I don't understand why if there's less ingredients in it or less whatever yeah. why is it truly more expensive or do I just have that bias in my head? You know, but do you find that? Yeah, I think I think it's very different depending on what you're looking at too. Like I would argue that I was giving one of my friends a hard time the other day about the laundry detergent that she's using. And then she, she went to the cost and I was like, oh no, like, let me tell you the laundry detergent that I use, I use a tablespoon of, and it's like, I don't know, tw 11 cents a load or something. Like it's super cheap. And what you're a using. A tablespoon. Yes. Cause it doesn't have fillers. A tablespoon of Yes. A tablespoon of powder that I use and it cleans. A load. Yep. And I do big loads because I'm lazy. And you have boys, like you and got, I have boys. you have, mm -hmm. that's a different Dirt. kind of smell. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I do add in a microfiber cleaner when I'm doing like all their dry fit stuff, like all at once. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which I had oh. too with other detergents too, but. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but um, you're but, using powder versus liquid for your. I am. Mm -hmm. Me too. I'm all yeah. powder. I'm on board with the powder. I think it cleans better. <laughs> but then, you use liquid? I use liquid. What? No. I think okay. powder dissolves and gets into the grimies and breaks down better. And I'm I not can, a scientist or a pharmacist, but I think so. No, I can see that. But usually everybody's a Tide person and I have, and I'm not, and I'm not because my whole family is allergic to it. Oh. See? Yeah. That's, it's mm -hmm. probably the fragrance. It's probably mm -hmm. the fragrance. Yeah. Oh As I'm somebody with hives, like chronic hives, we have eczema in our family. So <laughs> I've been like free and clear for a long time, but yeah. Um, okay. So. 
Okay. So we're, oh gosh, we could go on. We might have to have a part two, Aaron. This is crazy. Uh, part two, um, we're going to so video we... me coming through your house and helping you clean it all up. Clean oh, up all your... oh, God. Hello. Can we do I, Crystal's house? Let's instead? do mine. Because let me tell you, you'd have a field day. That'd I'm fun. <laughs> literally, my head is spinning because, like I said, I have three girls. Yeah. We're, I mean, I'm looking at my medicine cabinet, my beauty cabinet, yeah. my <laughs> cotton cabinet. I'm like, there is a book ooh. called Green Enough. And it's, I forget what the tagline is, but it's like something about living cleaner without driving your family nuts, which I think is the key. Um, yeah, check it out. It's yeah. a really funny book. I think it's called oh Green gosh, Enough. Green Enough. Okay. Green cool. Enough. And she's got okay. like cheat charts in there of like, these are the good brands. Okay. So kind of coming full circle and wrapping some of this up, we've talked on, you know, vitamins, medications, household stuff. Um, you know, you've given us some nuggets and tips and tricks. What is like, so tomorrow, tomorrow I wake up and I just learned all of this stuff from Dr. Aaron. What is one thing that I could start doing that would have a big impact? I mean, I know you invited me on here because I'm a pharmacist, but I think the fragrance thing, honestly, is the biggest thing that I talked to you about. Oh, really? So yeah. part two has to be about a fragrance. No, no, they're going to go. She's going to go to your house. She's going to go to my house and she's going to be like, honey, you need to bulldoze this. <laughs> like you need to come and bulldoze this down because your house is toxic. <laughs> Clean shouldn't smell. Clean should not smell. That's, um, but no, going back to like the, I think, um, you know, back to more of like traditional pharmacy things. I think the like, you know, trust in your gut. Don't always feel like you need a pill for every ill. When mm. you do need medicine for your child or for yourself, you know, for like an acute illness, try to look for those single ingredient things so that you're not taking things that you don't need to. And then don't worry so much about inactive ingredients and finding the right, you know, clean medicine Unless it's something that you're going to be taking every day or your child's going to be taking every day, then it's, you know, it's worth, are there alternatives? If there aren't, you know, maybe the benefit still outweighs the risk of taking the one that has all the artificial colors and everything. You know, a lot of times it does. Um, but if it's something you're going to be doing every day and it's over the counter acetaminophen and you could easily switch to something that doesn't have the junk, why not? And can I ask one follow-up question just for our listeners and for, for my sake, and this probably should have been asked at the beginning. So forgive me for this, but can you define exactly what a filler is maybe in, in any kind of product and maybe more so medicine, but when you say, you know, weed uh-huh. out the fillers or don't look for the fillers, like just to the common person, what exactly am I looking for? Right. When we so say there's that? kind of like, I don't want to be too, too, too nerdy again. You'll make fun of me, but like <laughs> say in a, in a tablet, you might, you need a tablet that is, you know, you can see with your eye that you can hold in your hand that you can feel go onto your tongue so you can swallow it but the amount of medicine that's in that tablet might be like smaller than a poppy seed you know but that wouldn't be reasonable to be like hey swallow this thing that's half the size of a poppy seed or you would accidentally swallow like six thousand of them or spill them all over Mm -hmm. your floor and so they have to do something to make that small amount of medicine like in a usable form and so a lot of times they'll use fillers, which, you know, it could be like lactose or it's usually not like, it's usually pretty benign substances. Um, sometimes it's something to make it dissolve easier in your stomach or more consistently in your stomach, or it might be the colors so that you know that, you know, this is my pill for my heart and this is my pill for my kidneys. We don't want them all to look the same, that sort of thing. So there's different reasons that they put things into, you know, say a tablet or, or a liquid. Um, 
and so most medicines are going to have some sort of filler, but you can choose something that's, you know, maybe, for example, in Genexa, their flavoring is, oh, I should know this off the top of my head, agave syrup. But in like Tylenol, it's probably gonna have high fructose corn syrup, right? Um, so it's just like mm-hmm. choosing alternatives. But does that kind of answer your question? Yeah, yeah, no, I, and it, yeah, it definitely makes it a little more clear. But I know, you know, when we just kind of throw that terminology out there, people are like, "Well, what? Is, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, is, what am I not like, supposed to look for? It's like something that's in there that is not. Its purpose is not like what the medicine's purpose is, but it's there to like make it into a pretty tablet or to make it dissolve or you know, it can have all kinds of purposes. Well, we cannot thank you enough for spending the last hour with us, teaching us so many great things. I think our listeners are really going to love, love hearing from you and, um, they can find you at the crunchy pharmacist on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think maybe they're going to have to come and check us out when we dive into Crystal's, uh, bathroom. (laughs) Like I said, I have, I have three girls, so there's about four bathrooms to go through. All right. You well, know what? We I, again, real yeah. progress over perfection. Oh, I, I love, love it. it. I, I love, love it. it. We're going to end on that. Progress over perfection. And we thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom. Thanks for having me. All thank right. Thank you so much. Bye.